0: for nearly two decades. The award-winning Your Financial Editor Program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor,
1: Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor Program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And of course, as a podcast from iTunes, I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us today. Hope things are going well. We're going to uh, get to a lot of good top stories from this week, Uh, some economic data, some earnings data, and then we'll finish up our two-part series. Um, And joining me for the second part is the Chief Executive Officer, of the Job Creators Network, Mr. Alfredo Ortiz. Um, He's going to be following up the president of his uh, company who joined us last week, Miss Elaine Parker. And uh, really interesting stuff. uh, Mr. Ortiz is going to uh, go over in detail the millions of jobs that are going to be lost because of some of the um, executive orders that have already been put in place. For example, the XL Keystone Pipeline, the Paris... Uh, Climate agreement, the $15 minimum wage discussion. So we're going to drill down and uh, really find out just how much damage that's going to do to uh, the American worker, the American economy, uh, you know, the families out there. So that's all right around the corner. Stay tuned for that. Uh, One thing we saw this week, a big announcement from Walmart. They said that they're going to spend an additional $350 billion dollars, over the next ten years, to support American manufacturers. So obviously, that was something that was really started in earnest during the uh, the Trump administration. The focus on America, on America workers, um, American workers, American companies. Um, so the additional funds will be spent on items that are made, grown, or assembled. In the United States, according to the chief executive of uh, Walmart, John Furner, he said that uh, they wanted to uh, bring great new products to the customers uh, that are sourced locally and they want to support more jobs in the United States. The company will focus its investment on domestic manufacturers that produce plastics and textiles and small electrical appliances and food processing, pharmaceuticals and and other medical supplies. So he said the result is more jobs for Americans, a lot more jobs. And he pointed to one of its suppliers in South Carolina, Tektronic Industries, TTI, as an example. Uh, To date, TTI employs more than 1,500 people. And assembles products that are sold in Walmart stores and on Walmart.com. Um, however, over the next two years, the company plans to double its headcount at the Anderson facility in South Carolina. Um, I actually have some inside knowledge to that because our oldest son um, is in management for TTI. And uh, when I was uh, talking to him about it, he said that the uh, plant in South Carolina is already impressive and the, uh, build out that they're doing is more so. So good news from Walmart. I think they owe it to Americans. I mean, they've been open this whole time, right? They were deemed as, um, um, essential. Um, so, you know, they needed to step up and pay their employees more, which they did. They needed to, uh, to continue that focus. Like I said, that was started from the last administration on America, um, products, people, supply lines, et cetera. So I thought that was a a good announcement from them and was the right thing for them to do as well. We also heard this week from Jamie Dimon. Now, Jamie Dimon is the CEO of JP Morgan. He's the most successful um, CEO in banking. He guided the bank, I think, he did the best job during the financial and housing crisis and uh really came out fairly unscathed and uh continued to uh to do uh good things at the bank but he Caution this week that Democratic lawmakers should be really careful about the spending of of money, and too much money is is his emphasis. He wor- warned about them overdoing it on what they're calling fiscal stimulus, which it's not. I mean, all you have to do is either listen to that debate or read, and you'll see that um, it's just a Christmas list, you know, and a, a grab for power and money and rewarding. All the wrong people, just pathetic. But he's saying we're just throwing money at people at one point. There will be another side uh, to that mountain, so they should be cautious about overdoing it. Get us through the problem, get the country going, but do not overdo it. Don't do too much. So um, we know that Congress has already approved $4 trillion and now the $1.9 trillion, and they're talking right away about – Another bill, um, one both for infrastructure and then even another uh, spending bill uh, later this year, maybe in the third quarter. So they're just uh, drunk on punch. This is so, so stupid. Uh, There's already a trillion dollars. And Diamond noted this. I appreciated him pointing it out. Um, There's still a trillion dollars in unspent uh, money. And then they're coming out with this 1.9 and, and, and even more. The infrastructure should have been done three years ago. Everybody knows that. That pays attention to politics. Uh, it wasn't because instead Nancy Pelosi, who she said she wanted, to, and the other uh, uh, House Democrats and Senate Democrats, wanted you know, to do infrastructure. We sure need it. All you have to do is drive down a major highway these days. And you see that they're filling potholes and bridges on interstates. So this is something that's been needed and uh, both parties agreed upon it. But you know what? She never did anything with it because she was too worried about getting her name on pens to hand out for impeachment. So it's just, it's they're so far behind and so corrupt and standing on literally, I hate to say this, but it's true. Dead bodies because of the decisions that they've made. So, um, again, I appreciate Jamie Dimon, who's a Democrat, uh, coming out and saying, you guys have to stop. This is just way too much. We also saw this week some um, some of the aftermath, if you will, of, of that uh, cold weather down in Texas in particular. Uh, their largest and oldest electric power cooperative On Monday, filed for bankruptcy protection in federal court in Houston. Uh, They said that uh, they got a $1.8 billion uh, bill from the state's grid operator. So the company's name is Brazos Electric Power Co-op. It's one of dozens of electricity providers facing enormous charges that uh, are stemming from that uh, severe cold snap that we saw last month. So... The state's grid operator, Electric Reliability Council of Texas, on Friday said that $2.1 billion in initial bills went unpaid. Um, so what you saw is the cost per megawatt hour go up from about 20 to $25 an hour to 9000 per megawatt hour, $9,000. So um, the governor, Governor Abbott, and the other uh politicians legislatures have been meeting and talking, saying, "Look, families, you don't have to pay these bills. obviously, this was um uh an act of nature that nobody uh saw coming um for it to be that cold and of course, they got cold and ice and snow and um which by the way, that's why the um uh the folks switched to climate change instead of global warming." Because and I don't even know why they do climate change, because it's uh, obvious that the climate climate always has and always will change. So, um, yeah. Anyway, um, it's good that the government uh, in the right way became involved in people's affairs by saying, you know, this was a, a, a terrible thing that happened and we know you can't pay a $17,000 electric bill for one month and we're going to uh, take care of it. And they're being watched very closely, by the way, as to how they take care of it. And they should be, but I bet you in Texas, they'll do a pretty good job. That's uh that seems to be their resume. Um, we saw this week that one of uh, the nominees, um, for cabinet position was, uh, removed. So, um, there was a statement that came from the White House that they had accepted Neera Tandon's request to withdraw her name for nomination for director of the Office of Management and Budget. It seems clear that there is no path forward to gain confirmation, it said, um, and they did not want to continue uh, consideration of the nom- nominee uh, to be a distraction from other priorities. So what that really meant is she had some really uh, – Radical stuff like on her social media, and the whole fifteen dollars minimum wage uh, thing. Which again, we're going to be talking about with my guest, the CEO from uh, the Job Networks Creator or Jobs Creators Network. Excuse me, um, Mr. Ortiz. He's going to be talking about that fifteen dollars. Um, also, keeping it kind of in politics, but the reason for that is the impact on um, on the money flow in the United States is the U.S. Treasury named new staff to senior tax and economic posts this week, including University of California, Berkeley professor Katherine Wolfram uh, as deputy assistant secretary for climate and energy economics in the Office of Economic Policy. So Wolfram's appointment comes as the Treasury secretary, Janet Yellen, Um, Another, again, when you talk about the swamp, you know, these are the whether it's um, Biden with 47 years or Janet Yellen all up through the central bank and then as the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve and then now as um, working at the as a Treasury secretary. But, you know, she's uh, focused on fighting climate change. um, And that's a shift that includes the addition of another high level climate czar position. So um, what we're seeing is that you won't have to worry about laws being passed because they already are uh, running things through agencies um, that many of them are very, very bad for the country. And when you talk about climate change, I don't understand why they won't debate it openly, literally, like, like debate it. Experts on both sides, televise it. No interruptions, no cutouts, no doctoring it. Get the alarmist and then get the other side get the facts out there, talk about it, prove it. But the last time that happened, they got waxed. And I think that's why they purposely stay away from it, because they'll let the media um, and technology platforms kind of dictate what's really going on uh, with that whole subject. And by the way, like everything that we're seeing now with these so-called relief bills, um, it's about money and power. And um, if people don't realize that, and become aware of it and the danger of it, then um, it's, it's not going to end well at all for the uh, greatest republic in the history of the world. Uh, when you look at earnings, really good to see uh, some, some good earnings. Target, their Christmas season sales jumped as Americans ordered everything from home goods, toys, groceries online, you name it. And that helped them uh, beat Wall Street expectations. They had a 118% surge in digital sales. In the fourth quarter. And um, I guess it within the last year, their stock is up close to 80%. Um, they, they like I said, performed better, but they should. And I'll, I'll say that again because they were quote-unquote essential, just like Walmart. So, you know, they choose to do certain things and pay people and hazard pay and Benefits and different things. That's great. They're a private company, and they should be doing it because um, they had their folks, their their employees, literally right on the front lines, you know, face-to-face with people every day. Now, why it couldn't be in a small business, forget it. You're not going to out-argue me on that. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, you had the government picking winners and losers. Whenever that happens, it's bad for the country overall. So um, it's great their sales were up. But, again, it's also – it was good to see that they were rewarding their employees like uh, Walmart was. Kohl's, another retailer, posted Christmas uh, quarterly profit and sales beyond Wall Street's expectations. Uh, Now, they did it because they reined in cost. And uh, they also saw that uh, people were not only loading their shopping carts with essentials but also with leisure goods. So that helped uh, Kohl. At the end of the day, a uh, gap, same story forecast to return to sales growth this year. It expects to roll out or the rollout, I should say, of vaccines to drive traffic to their old Navy and athletic uh, stores. And um, the company now plans to open 30 to 40 old Navy stores, 20 to 30 Athleta uh, stores. And they're going to close about 100 gaps and Banana Republics around the globe. So kind of a mixed story there as far as brands go and what stores are doing better than others. Um, even a blast from the past uh, like Amber Crombie and Fitch, um, they really had some, some good sales. Uh, they had online sales of sweaters and fleece tops and knit bottoms, and that helped them report a better-than-expected quarterly profit. It was interesting. They also teamed up with some influencers on TikTok, and that seemed to be helping their bottom line as well. And then lastly, I'll finish up with um, Costco. Costco, another essential, right? They were allowed to stay open. Everybody was going to Costco and Walmart and Target and whatever. But um, they actually missed estimates for their fourth quarter profit, and that's because they spent more on employee benefits – who worked through the virus and all the overtime for sanitizing the stores. So millions of dollars in uh, virus-related charges have, you know, hurt a lot of these retailers when it comes to their profit margin. Costco is no different. Uh, back in March, they raised their minimum wage to 16 bucks an hour, which, again, they should have done. Uh, their online sales jumped over 75% in the fourth quarter, so uh, some pretty good things uh, going on at, um, at Costco, even though it didn't show in the report. And it didn't really. It wasn't super good if you were a shareholder for that particular quarter. But I think they're doing the right thing. Uh, the latest complimentary uh, download we have for you, it's called The Value of an Objective Opinion. And um, just go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. And, uh, and right on the homepage, there's a download button you can click and uh, you'll get that uh, complimentary report. It's interesting to read. It's about uh, four pages, so I think you'll enjoy it. And, uh, again, that's at murrayfinancialgroup.com. When we come back, we'll talk about some uh, economic data. There was quite a bit of it this week. All the boats i missed All the hill I've called. All the lips I've kissed All the love I've lost I got kicked around I've been black and blue
0: On my own way
1: Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast at iTunes. And um, we uh, look at some of the data uh, from this past week as far as economic data goes. Uh, Some of it was pretty good. We saw that U.S. manufacturing activity increased in February. Uh, The acceleration reported by the ISM, uh, which is the Institute for Supply Management, was was pretty good uh we saw it rebound to a reading of 60.8 last month from 58.7 in january uh just as a reminder anything above 50 signals uh expansion and the ism manufacturing index isn't watched quite as much as it used to be but look it's still 12 percent of our economy and if we build off of what we started the previous uh four years it's going to continue um to, to get larger and to get stronger because that's what was put in place, those types of uh, of of goals, if you will. Um, you know, they are having some trouble with suppliers out there, these manufacturers, because of transportation challenges and shortage of labor, et cetera. But that was a good report. Now, when we, we look at the ISM non-manufacturing or the service activity, um, we saw that, you know, that was one of the things that that went from a reading of 55.3 last month. Um, that was actually a drop. So it was at 58.7. And um, the economists that were, at least that I saw that uh, economists polled by Reuters had forecast the index unchanged at 58.7, which there, it seems like they're always wrong. Um, that's not an exaggeration, uh, but it, they dropped to a reading or it dropped to a reading of 55.3 uh, there. And uh, that's something that obviously you don't want to see. Now, the survey's measure of prices paid by services jumped from the previous month and actually went to the highest uh, reading we've seen since 2000 of uh, 2008, I believe. So uh, that report could have been better. And then, you know, you look at uh, everybody gearing up for the big jobs report that came out yesterday. First, we saw on Wednesday that... Uh, U.S. private payrolls increased less than expected, at least according to uh, the ADP National Employment Report. So ADP, who does this report jointly with Moody's Analytics, again, economists polled by Reuters had forecast private payrolls increasing by 177,000. Wrong again. It was just 117,000. So that was a big miss there. Uh, The next day on Thursday, we saw figures from the Labor Department that showed 745,000 Americans filed first-time jobless claims last week. And the previous week's number was revised higher by 6,000. And then when you look at the uh, continuing claims, which is the number of Americans who are consecutively receiving unemployment, that was 4.29 million. And there's even more than that because there are other programs that people are getting money from through the CARES Act that Congress passed last March. Uh, Then when you look at the big jobs report that came out yesterday, you know, basically what we saw was more jobs added than what were um, anticipated. So according to the Labor Department, they're saying that 379,000 jobs were added in the month of February. Dig deeper. Oh, and the unemployment rate went from 6.3 to 6.2. So that dropped a little bit. But when you dig deeper, you see the bulk of those jobs being added were in the leisure and hospitality space. That's what happens when you open up and you allow people to travel. And you allow people to go out and frequent a uh, facility without wondering if they're going to be turned away because of some uh, arbitrary number or percentage. So that was really good because that meant a lot of these people who take pride in their job and in their work, um, they were able to get back there. Even though, unfortunately, again, this, uh, this garbage bill... 1.9 1.9 trillion is going to have unemployment all the way, enhanced unemployment all the way to August. So here's these people that are saying they're leaders, and really they just want you to be um, kind of like that that mushroom. You know, they're going to keep you in the dark and put you know what on you, and everything will be okay as long as we keep giving them money and telling them what they can and can't do. So um, that's that's really a shame. And again, for all these people that went back to work, God bless you. And I'm so happy for you that you were able, you know, to do that. You know, I've my profession, you know, we were, quote, unquote, essential the whole time too. who decides that, you know, if you've got pride and you want to get up and go to work and support yourself and your family, you're essential. You don't want to sit home be lazy and worry about how you can work the system, that's for losers. So good for you guys. And I'm glad that everybody that's getting back into the uh, jobs market, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for you. So on the other side of, uh, of this break, we'll jump into our conversation with my uh, guest, Mr. Alfredo Ortiz. He's the chief executive officer Of the Job Creators Network. This is our second part of the series. Last week, we had uh, the president of the organization, Miss Elaine Parker, who did a great job talking about the importance of opening the economy, especially for women, because they're just getting pounded on this. You know, especially if you're a a single mom, you've got to deal with all this nonsense, with not your kids aren't in school. Um, Maybe you're trying to work. Of course, energy prices have already jumped since the new administration came in and started making uh, their comments and executive orders. So what are you spending now an extra what 20, 30, 50 bucks a week, whatever it might be. And you're getting punished for no reason for you know what they're saying works that there's really no proof that it does as far as their, uh, their environmental policies. So I feel bad for you. but again, Elaine uh, Parker did a great job pointing those things out and reinforcing them last week. And on the other side of the break, when we talk with uh, the CEO, Mr. Ortiz, he's going to get on um, a couple subjects that are really interesting, like the cancellation of the XL Keystone Pipeline. What did that do to jobs and what is it going to do? And the businesses and and, uh, areas around there that are associated with that. And then uh, what about the uh, Paris Climate Agreement. What's that going to do? What about $15 minimum wage? Oh my gosh. What's that going to do, right? We're going to find out. And, um, and and that's just on the other side. Again, the, uh, the latest complimentary uh, takeaway for you at MurrayFinancialGroup.com is titled The Value of an Objective Opinion. Help yourself. <laughs> You got nothing better to do than throw rocks at things that shine Well, you ought to be chasing your own dreams Instead of shooting holes in mine Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and also as a podcast at iTunes. And uh, thanks so much for being with us. I appreciate you uh, joining us today. If you're a first time listener, welcome. If you've been with us for a little while, so glad that you have been. And for all of you uh, folks that have been with us since 1997 when we uh, started the program here, uh, thank you so much. We know we have Uh, Folks listening all around the world who have moved out of the mid Maryland, uh, mid Atlantic area. And uh, I appreciate you doing that at WFMD.com and also, as I mentioned, as a podcast. So we're um, wrapping up our two part series uh, this morning where um, we actually uh, last week had the president of the uh, Job creators network on Miss Elaine Parker. If you caught that, it was a great uh, discussion with her. talked about her piece titled "Small Businesses and Women Especially Need America to Reopen," and I talked about that again at the first part of the program here today. Uh, that I think the ladies are just being punished, especially if they're single moms, um, in so many different ways with kids not being in school. Uh, with the volatility of the jobs market now you've got energy prices going up. you could have someone spending 20, 30, 50 bucks extra out of their budget um, in gasoline cost. Uh, it's just crazy. So uh, the second part of our interview is actually with the CEO as I mentioned of the job creators Network, Mr. Alfredo Ortiz and um, he leads the defense of small businesses. And, and, you know, really tries to protect them from the onslaught of bad government policies out there. And unfortunately, there's way too much of that these days. Good morning, Mr. Ortiz.
0: Good morning, Chris. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the time. And, boy, yeah, there's plenty of bad policies being Passed or proposed right now?
1: Yeah. So, if you would, in case uh, someone didn't join us last week when we were talking with uh, uh, Miss Parker, just give us a quick overview of uh, your organization and and what it is that you do.
0: Sure, Chris. Well, Job Creators Network, uh, fantastic organization. I've I've been heading up for about eight years. It's it was founded about ten years ago though by one of the, what I believe is one of the greatest American dream stories entrepreneurs out there. Uh, Bernie Marcus, who founded the Home Depot. Uh, he started Home Depot with just two stores in Atlanta. Uh, that I think they were actually refurbished 7-Elevens, and from there he, you know, took off, and it is what it is today. Employs over 400,000 people. I think it's like 425,000 hardworking Americans uh, at the Home Depots, and you know, but 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 he never has forgotten what it's like to be a small business because that's what it was, and. And I like reminding all people that all businesses, all big businesses, were small businesses at one point. And that's why we have to protect and, and really defend and advocate for our small businesses across the country. Um, first of all, it's the best uh, entryway for um, people to, to get a part of that American dream and own something of their own. And it's exciting, whether it's you know your own creation, whether it's a franchise, um, you know, it's, it's just a fantastic way. And, you know, 30 million just, these are pre COVID numbers, of course, at this point, but 30 million small business owners, uh, employed 60 million hardworking Americans. So just before COVID, 90 million Americans were really, uh, you know, uh, dependent on the success or failure of small business. And that's what Job Creators Network is about. Um, it's the defense uh, of our small businesses. It's advocating for, for pro growth policies like lower taxes and less regulations. That can support a thriving, growing entrepreneurial spirit of this country, that really is so critical to 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 the you know to a booming economy. And we saw that uh, in the past four years under uh, President Trump, what that you know pr- what those pro-growth policies do. Um, you know, people are talking right now, and I know we'll probably go into this a little bit, but about the minimum wage and how it's going to pull you know the increase of that is going to pull 900,000 people out of poverty. Well, between 2017 and 2019, Chris, 6.5 million people were pulled out of poverty. And it wasn't because of a federal mandate. It was because of economic prosperity.
1: Yeah. and, And again, there's such a big difference between that prosperity that you're referencing because it was organic. It was lower taxes, lower regulation. Um, the ability uh, to to have more of a a, a a real success story as an entrepreneur as a business person, or even working your way up that 's organic growth now all we 're looking at is just this taxpayer money that 's being thrown at the problem um, and it's it 's very very disheartening because I guess once some years ago you know you started hearing about multi-hundred billion dollar bailouts and trillion dollars spending and bailouts from the virus and all this stuff. I think people just it, 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 it they can't get their arms around it. So they almost just turn away from it and don't realize how serious it is.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's right, Chris. And, and And as you know, you know, I think we've already spent four trillion dollars um you know uh you know trying trying to keep the economy afloat. now there 's another two trillion basically right around the corner that 's going to come of sway. sway uh, a trillion of that i don 't think has even been spent yet um you know but you know unfortunately the the progressives and Democrats on the left really believe in this it 's this theory called uh, modern monetary theory, which basically says you can just borrow your way uh you know and, uh, all these different programs that they want social programs, you know, to fund like Green New Deal and all this stuff and healthcare. You can just keep borrowing and there's no impact and there's no such thing as deficit or debt, you know, uh, deficit or debt and that's not going to impact our economy. And so this is such a dangerous mindset that they have. And if we don't stop that, um, we're really going to be suffering. We're mortgaging our, our future.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's great that you pointed that out, Mr. Ortiz, because um, when we talk about borrowing, again, people have to realize who's going who's gonna to buy that debt. Well, China's going to buy that debt in large part, and that's just – you think of China as the fox and you letting them into the hen house because they already uh, hold a tremendous amount of American debt, and they're just going to have the opportunity – to, uh, to get their hands on even more. Talking with my guest this morning, Mr. Alfredo Ortiz. He's the CEO of the Job Creators Network. Uh, he uh, was born to immigrant parents in Southern California. He witnessed his parents fight for their own slice of the American dream. And um, he studied economics at Pomona College. He got his MBA from the University of Michigan. Um, so... Uh, Mr. Ortiz, if you will, can you talk a little bit about the XL Keystone Pipeline and what that means with this new executive order that we saw uh, from this administration?
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and that's one of the many job killing uh, proposals and, and programs, really, that that now Biden has cut almost within his first you know couple months, basically, of being in office. Uh, The Keystone Pipeline uh, was obviously the first one, you know, that was the – it ran crude oil from uh, Alberta, Canada to, um, you know, to Nebraska, and uh, really, you know, had a great job. There were about 11,000 jobs that had been eliminated because he canceled that that, that program and that contract. And when you think about those jobs, it's actually 11,000 union jobs, to be precise. 17,000 total jobs were actually lost because of that cancellation. Um, and, and when you think about that, you know that's just the beginning. And now you've got uh, more, you know, the progressives talking about this other pipeline, the Dakota pipeline, you know, being canceled. With you know that could potentially be more jobs, and all that is going to threaten our energy independence, which is, is so critical and has been so important for the success of our country. I think we all saw what's happened, uh, you know, in Texas when you know different alternatives like wind and solar go away. Um, we need to have, I think, an all-of-the-above energy policy. It's not one or the other. Um, you know, our, our coal, you know, oil, all that is so critical and so important, and especially these jobs that were canceled literally overnight. It's just unbelievable. And when people were asking uh, the folks who were affected, where are these alternative jobs, uh, all they were told by the White House is, don't worry, they're coming. Well, that sure doesn't help people who have real-life uh, uh, you know, financial demands on them all of a sudden overnight and unexpectedly. And and you know, we're very concerned about that. And, again, we're just concerned about, you know, this approach to, to energy that the Democrats have that basically says we have to eliminate, uh, you know, basically all coal, all oil, and and focus on alternatives like, like, like wind and solar and, and, and basically be that.
1: Right, and many of that technology is poor. It's still not to the level that would make sense to uh, to incorporate it. Uh, something else you said, where you know they they talked about, um, oh, don't worry, those jobs are coming. I, it's it's a, an immediate flashback to the financial crisis and the housing bust when you heard shovel ready jobs. That was so not true, and nothing really came of that. And it's the same thing. You just get told some. You know, half-baked answer, and then they want you to go sit in the corner, and uh, it's really a shame. And then on top of the the uh, eleven or seventeen thousand jobs total, you know, you were talking about being lost. I read a piece yesterday about um, in Cushing, where you know the the pipeline comes in before it goes down to the to the Gulf. Um, you know, a lady, all these workers were working. Well, she had a, a gym, and she had these memberships. And next thing you know, everybody's coming in, canceling their membership. So what does it do to all of the uh outlying businesses that are around those jobs that have been eliminated?
0: Right, right. That's exactly it's a great point. And and that's what, again, it just is so infuriating to me, you know, how how the Democrats and progressives really just don't understand or or quite frankly tell the half truths and half stories to the American public because it's all those other related businesses that are impacted. Those 11,000 union jobs I'm talking about are 17,000 total jobs. Those are direct impact, right? That's a direct impact to those jobs. But our calculation is that there are probably three other jobs that are eliminated for every one job that's eliminated directly. Because those are the people, like you said, right? The, the gym owner, the barbershop, right? The the deli, the restaurants, right? Think about all the different you know, uh, goods and services that are that are used, right, to service each one of those jobs. Um, if you recall a couple years ago, uh, you know, the, the wonderful AOC um, pushed a- uh, Amazon out of New York, out of, you know, out of that suburb of New York, and, and what a disaster. That was 25,000 great-paying jobs, um, you know, and, and what we wanted to tell people, and remind people, it wasn't just those 25,000 jobs there in New York. We estimate it was probably five jobs. Um, you know, could have also come for everyone being uh, created there. So, it could have been potentially up to 125,000 jobs, right, created because because of the you know the, the new demand on goods and services that all these folks were going to have. And so, we need to look at the broader picture of the impact of, of communities overall and all these downstream jobs uh, that are used to service each one of these uh, d- direct jobs that were eliminated.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And hopefully, again, people listening, it's the, the, if they already hadn't figured that out, the lights are going off for them and over their head, and they're realizing that th- there's a whole lot of pain. Um, we're going to take a quick break and come back and um, wrap up our conversation with my guest this morning, Mr. Alfredo Ortiz. He's the chief executive officer of the Job Creators Network. If you want, go to JobCreatorsNetwork.com and check out their website a lot of really good and free information and you can learn about membership all that good stuff so uh check that out and then when uh when we come back like i said we'll uh we'll wrap things up and um and that'll be that'll be it really not a whole lot of time left stay tuned you say you were wrong to ever now you're sorry, you're lonesome and scared. And you say you'd be happy if you could just come back home. Well, here's a quarter, call someone who cares. Celebrate Ashley Home Store's anniversary sale event with amazing savings. Find incredible store-wide price reductions. Save up to 65% off your purchase, plus up to 60 months no interest financing at Ashley Home Store in Maryland and Virginia.
0: Hey, this is the Morning Mayor, Bob Miller. We'll be talking with County Executive Jan Gardner
1: Monday morning. And this is Ryan Hedrick, the Morning News Express, bright and early. Start your day the right way Monday at 5 a.m. right here on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast at iTunes. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us uh, today. We're uh, wrapping up our conversation with my guest. This is a two part series. Uh, Mr. Alfredo Ortiz, who's the chief executive officer of Job Creators Network, has been kind enough uh, to join us this morning to talk about uh, some of the things that the uh, new administration is doing and how it's costing many, 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 many jobs, perhaps uh, millions. Uh, We talked a little bit about minimum wage, and then we talked a little bit also about the uh, XL Keystone Pipeline. And uh, Mr. Ortiz, to wrap things up, if you would, uh, tell us a little bit about the potential damage from the Paris Climate Agreement.
0: Yeah, Chris, that's one where uh, we're very concerned about that, the impact uh, on on energy uh, for this country. I mean, Again, we have we've worked so hard to become energy independent, which is great, right? The last thing we need to do is continue is, is go back to those years when we were dependent on, you know, on Russian oil. Um, you know, again, we, we've really been enjoying uh, such a great leadership position on that, and you know, joining back, you know, with the Paris Accord and, and, and it, you know has the potential of eliminating uh, the numbers that we're looking at is over six million jobs. Um, you know, over over a ten year period, which you know is just an amazing amount of jobs, and really, what's there to replace it? I mean, that's the big concern. Um, and along with that, not only is it the job elimination piece, but again, the increase on energy costs, and and these are going to be real costs that people are going to feel. Like I said, we already got just a small taste of what happened in Texas uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, when you have those disruptions on these alternative sources, we need to have an all of the above energy policy where all of these are made to work for this country so that we can remain uh, independent um, and, and quite frankly, you know, be able to, uh, you know, withstand shocks to, to oil supply uh, shortages or changes across, across the globe. Um, so, so this is such a critical thing. And, and, and again, I think it's just another example of the Biden administration just, you know, trying to basically go down their their checklist of who they need to appease uh, because that's the folks who got them into office. I mean, you know, the, the one we're probably not going to have time to talk about is all the lockdowns and, quite frankly, the school shutdowns, which are very concerning. And I think Elaine probably talked about that last week. But boy, talking about having a a, a massive impact, but but President Biden has not shown any leadership on this front. Um, when you look at their goals of, you know, school openings where they were saying, you know, uh, one, one day per week, you know, to have 51 percent of schools, that's their goal. I mean, that's not going to help anybody, especially, you know, hardworking moms out there that really, you know, are dependent on those schools so that they can go do their jobs. And so, again, when you look at all of this in, in total, um, it, it's, it's just daunting. Uh, and almost mind blowing to think about how all these jobs, literally. I mean, it just. I mean, he's job destruction. He's all about job destruction at this point, and 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 we need to rein that in, and we need to call him on it.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't uh, again. Once again, you know, big amen to that. I couldn't agree more. And we, I think, we did touch on that with Elaine Parker uh, last week. And um, one of the things we wanted to make sure we were shining the light on is, uh, I think it's one hundred and twenty-four billion. In this uh, pork, uh, 1.9 trillion total uh, pork piece that's coming out of um, Washington, like 124 or 126 billion is for education, yeah. but yet this year they only get six billion of it. The rest is over like five to seven years. That's just extortion. You're just, you know, it, right. it, It's crazy and it makes no sense. And they don't want to talk about the suicide rates and the mental health and the kid that's home that unfortunately is around an abusive person getting knocked across the room, they don't want to talk about that real-life stuff. They just want to, you know, come up with a fancy name and push it through, and really they're just standing on people's bodies.
0: Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. And if, you, if you dig down to that, some of the provisions that really the, the teacher unions are pushing for is basically you know, new ventilation systems in schools. I mean, Chris, do you know how long it's going to take to retrofit all these schools i mean have you tried to hire a contractor or the past you know 30 or 60 days good luck trying to find one let alone enough contractors to retrofit hvac systems in schools yeah um, exactly i so, so mean we're, we're going to keep kids out of schools for the next two or three years until that
1: happens yeah and, and you know the whole thing about these people being scared get another job I mean, like, so I have a son who's a Marine, and that would be like him going into the service, and then when it's time to fight, him saying, nah, I'm a little scared, I'm a little uneasy, you know, I might get hurt. That makes no sense whatsoever. You do the job you signed up for.
0: That's right. And, and, and to re- add to that, just to put an exclamation point of that, and what makes it even worse is the CDC themselves, under the Biden administration, so, so the new CDC director under Biden, has said, that it is safe for the teachers to go back to their schools even
1: without vaccination yeah and if if you have an existing condition I I get it I totally I have empathy Get get a note from the doctor that's fine I totally get it I'm not trying to be cold-hearted but for the rest of them it's just baloney and they need to stand up to their union themselves so that they can do that professional job that they were called to do Um, and that's right that's how we win.
0: And again, you know, 70%, you know, I saw a poll, 70% of the teachers out there want to go back to the schools, but the unions the union leaders aren't
1: letting them do it. It's such a shame. Uh, Orfredo Ortiz, uh, and he is the CEO of the job creators network. He's been kind enough to shed his expertise with us this morning. Um, And again, you can go to jobcreatorsnetwork.com and check out their website, their organization, get a bunch of free information, membership issue. And um, hopefully we'll be able to talk with you again down the road, Mr. Ortiz.
0: Absolutely. Really appreciate the time, Chris. And, uh, you know keep on fighting the fire fight your, on your end and making sure that people know what's going on and the real truth because it's hard to get it out there so we need people like you
1: yes sir we'll do it and we love uh, your information and hopefully we'll have you back and and uh, and miss parker as well cuz a lot of good stuff came from the last 2 weeks i really appreciate uh, mr ortiz and miss parker Spending some time with us. they're very, very busy. They're really fighting the fight for small businesses out there. So I hope uh, all of you enjoyed it and uh, we'll keep trying to bring you know this high quality of uh, uh, of character and information and education to you from the people that really know what's going on. Um, I will see you or see talk to you, I should say, on the morning News Express, with Bob Miller and Ryan Hendrick. That's weekdays, 550, And then we'll be back here next week for another edition, uh, next Saturday for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. Uh, complimentary download, the value of an objective opinion. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. Just click it. It's right on the homepage, and you'll have that uh, for your perusal. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success.
0: Editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. A service of partners in care, upscale resale boutique in the Willow Tree Plaza. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick, a connoisseur media radio station. 7 o'clock.